Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Deserve Podcast, focusing mostly for the baby boomers. What a great generation. And all of the challenges that we are now facing as we start getting a little bit more serious about our retirement and our financial futures. And boy, uh, you know, this is Friday. So again, I'm back to my Fridays. I'm a little bit later today. I was out of the office uh, this week. So I've been catching up. It's been a really, really busy week. Uh, it's about three o'clock in the afternoon, checking the boards here. Markets have been all over the place. What else is new? Uh, you know, we just had a wonderful head fake last week. And uh, for those who have been following this podcast and other things, webinars, et cetera, that we've been doing, last week was a great exit for those that missed the first exit. It's kind of like when you're going down the highway and you missed that first exit and you're like, oh man, I don't want to do a U-turn. And you're hoping the next exit can get to get you where you're looking to go. Well, you missed the big exit, right? The exit for this market was back in uh, January, right? If you're following the, the same logistics that we use that uh, basically said on January, I say it over and over again, guys, January 21st, 2022, that was your exit. That was the exit path for baby boomers to, um, you know, maybe keep some of those wonderful stocks. Quite honestly, I wouldn't have. I, I, and, I, and that was our recommendation. It's like sell everything because everything is going to go down and, and, the old saying that John F. Kennedy had, you know, all ships rise when the tide comes in. Well, it works the other way, too, when the tide goes out. So optimism was in Kennedy's speech. Pessimism is in mine. And the idea that the tide is going out is, is pretty much across the board. Um, I just did a, a big loop today trying to find some, some property for a, a client of mine in the real estate side. And I needed to get out. I, I did traveling this week. I was out in Fort Wayne, Indiana, attending a, a conference. Uh, I'm going to talk about that for a minute because the keynote speaker there is someone who was on this program quite often. He got really busy. He's one of the best CFAs in the country. Um, and I got to see him speak as the keynote. Now, mind you, I haven't spoken with Clint in a while. And if you guys remember, we played the, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood, Wild West starting, and we would announce Clint, and Clint would come on. And as a CFA, his business is to help advisors, not necessarily people, not not you, the listener out there, but advisors, the people that you have entrusted all your money to. His, his business is to create the financial solutions and feed it to the to the advisors so that they have something that they're able to then communicate to their clients. So it's kind of like a you know a feeding tube, if you will, of information. And he is a savant in his field. He is that good. And I kind of lost contact with him for a while. And, you know, he had a, he had a very tight haircut, you know, almost shaved and, and he, and he looked thinner than, than what I remembered in, in our zoom calls. And, uh, you know, we, we met each other and he was a keynote that day. And he actually left his family in Florida at the resorts and flew up to Fort Wayne he did the keynote, and then he was getting right back out that day. So I, I had the benefit of talking to him for a little while. But more importantly, I got to listen to his keynote. And as a CFA, his job is to get ahead of everything. He has to look at everything around the world that controls where investments may be going. Because from him, it goes to, to hundreds of advisors. And I believe one of his clients is like the largest uh, domestic bank of China in the United States. Like this is a serious guy here. And I swear, listening to him was, was so 
it was so interesting. And that's because it was aligning with everything that I've been saying to you guys on this program. And I'm not trying to toot my horn. I'm not a CFA by any means. But what it's telling me is that the logic that I bring to my messaging and the science and the, and the skills that these CFAs are using are aligned at this moment. The things he was talking about is even a little bit more, more daunting than what I talk about on this program. You know, he was talking about the, the amount of times the S&P has been down 60%. He's calling 60%. That's not me. I haven't even said that. I, I try not to predict how deep this will go, but it's his job to do that. And the advisors that subscribe to him, and he's not cheap. He's an expensive resource for good advisors. And these advisors are doing the same thing that we've been talking to you about. He got people started to get ready to get out of the markets in the last quarter of 2021. The tea leaves that he was reading said the same thing, but we were waiting for the confirmation before we signaled it on this program and, and within the advisors that are tight with, with me and what I do. So, you know, he got his people out. And so as far as what I know, it's very limited, the amount of people that actually had the courage to stand behind their convictions, their logic, and their science to tell people, party's over, time to get out. And especially if you're a baby boomer. If you're a baby boomer and you are no longer accumulating. Now, again, we take Anthony here in the studio. Anthony is a young guy. As a matter of fact, Anthony is getting married next week, right? So I'm going to be figuring out how to do this uh, without Anthony. And, and for those of you that are kind enough to say, you know, nice things in, in the emails to me about Anthony. Yes, he is terrific. He's a great producer. But, yep, wedding bells uh, next Friday. I'll be at his wedding. And then he's off to do a little honeymoon thing. So he'll be away for a little bit. But before he goes, I just shot a TV commercial from the studio. I took off the headphones. I didn't have time to do the, the, you know, the, the production stuff. I was asked that, Brett, we need something from you to get out onto TV. What can you give me? So Anthony and I just shot a 30-second TV commercial. So if you're watching, and it's going to be streaming, so it's going to be really cool. It's not going on Fox News, not going on, on the big networks. This is going to be a streaming TV commercial. So those of you who have streaming service like I do, I have a, a direct TV streaming uh, deal that, that I have at my house. And I've watched crazy channels like Tubi. I don't know if you've even heard of Tubi. I didn't. Uh, I was following a TV show that I love called uh, Gino's Italian Escape. My, my passion is going to be to go to Italy for an extended period of time. I'm actually working on getting my second passport for my Italian citizenship, so I can go for as long as I want, and it's not up to the United States when I come back. Um, so when watching this this Tubi channel, there's a whole bunch of times where they have commercials in, and I, I'm segueing away, but I think you'll find it fascinating. So when I when I looked at this and I saw the media company saying, "Brett, we want you on Tubi," I go, "What the heck is Tubi?" And then they talked about another channel. And I said, guys, what are you talking about? I would never spend five cents on these channels because I don't even know what they are. And then I realized, wait a minute, Tubi, I'm actually watching a show on Tubi, but I don't know that I'm on Tubi anymore because I just hit my, my fire stick. And that's when I found out what's going on. The Amazon fire stick, if you guys use this and you're watching it for a while, maybe you go outside or come back in and, and it says on your, your TV set, hey, you still there? Like, what do they care? It's my electric bill. You know, they're just streaming a signal. It's not like they're losing a signal because it's going to my house. And I didn't get it. What they're doing is Amazon 
and all of this crazy advertising that's trying to get to us because we're getting more and more elusive trying to get to communicate to people. Amazon knows when I'm on, when I'm sitting on the couch, right? They know I'm watching TV. Why? Because my Fire Stick is a little tiny computer and it knows it's on and it knows it's streaming a channel to my television set. It knows I live there and that I'm now watching it because three hours after me turning it on, I'm still sitting there because I hit a button. Now, Alexa's probably in on the thing and telling, hey, he's home. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I'm guessing that Alexa is in on the deal with the fire stick. And these people are just knowing where I am. And I'm not worried about it. I always say to people, if you're worried about people knowing what you're doing, you're doing something wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong. So I now realize that when I'm watching Tubi, right, and if I'm actually watching that show that I like, there are commercials that come up. And they play them, but they tell you how many commercials are coming and you can't fast forward to, through them. So I said, wow, you know, why don't they have these things sold out? It's because they're so specific that if they had a, a message that was going to, you know, selling surfboards or electric bikes or something, they're not going to send that to me, this, this baby boomer guy. But if it has something to do with the markets and the losses that people are facing and the stress the baby boomer's going through, there's a really good chance you're going to see me in this shirt with this background because I just filmed it. We just did it two minutes before we started this podcast, and Anthony's going to decorate it nice. He's going to ship it off, and it will be served up to baby boomers all over the country so that they get a 30-second intro. And you know what I'm telling people to do? Go to shouldhaveseenitcoming.com because that is the starting point of all of this. There you'll find three of my last podcasts. This one will likely go there too. Maybe not because I'm talking about the commercial, but three of them are there. And I think they're very important three commercials. They're helping people out tremendously. And we're going to put up a couple more webinars. I want people to know that back in 2020, I was talking about this. Back in 2020, I was talking about the Nikkei. I was talking about how bad this can be when it came to fruition. I didn't want this to happen this quickly because I have not been able to crack the market even enough to make a difference. But for the people that I've helped, I feel great. For the people who have been listening and haven't yet made the decision to get help, I implore you to follow, to stop buying into everything that made the bull market. It's over, guys. This thing is done. This thing is cooked. The Federal Reserve is backed into a corner and they are in checkmate. There is no good solution for the Federal Reserve. If they're going to stop inflation, they're going to bankrupt us because they're going to jack the interest rates up. Everything is going to go up in, in cost. And if that doesn't work, you know, if, if they don't choke us off and kill the economy, oil's going to kill us, right? I've said all along, oil is the linchpin to the success of this country. And I just, like I said, I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I, I was out there. I took a bus ride out to this beautiful resort where they, they took us out on a boat for a dinner cruise. And I every gas station along the highway, because it's almost like you're on a train when you're out in the Midwest. You're like, I'm on a bus, and I'm a train guy, right? I'm in New York. So if I go to New York City, I get on Metro North, and I take a train. Well, when you're out in Fort Wayne, Indiana, the bus is the train. You're driving, and it's just a straight, flat road. And... uh Every now and then, you'd see a gas station, and they all had the price $5.25 on the signs, $5.25. And I, I just kept thinking, wow, it's not that expensive in New York. When has this ever happened that something's less money in New York? Well, 
you know, I talked about it in my last podcast. I, I got all over our governor for, for waiving the gas tax, like that 16 cents a gallon is really going to make the difference when I'm paying 490. I think we're up to 499 on the gas pumps today. So we're almost up to Fort Wayne, Indiana pricing and our state gave up the tax, which means we're going to be broke again. New York is, well, again, we're going to be more broke because our governor just took off a major source of revenue because she wants to get elected in November and she hurt us. So I'm not going to go down that path again. If you want to hear me shoot daggers at our governor, um, that's on the last podcast. I think it's number 57. That's on, on shouldhaveseenitcoming.com. So gas prices were up. Everything is going crazy. That breaks the consumers back. What else? Well, guess how they're paying for their gas? They're using their credit cards. Credit card debt is exploding. We are putting so much on credit. Well, why are people doing that? I, I even mentioned last time that, you know, some crazy pundit on TV said, well, people are using their credit cards because they feel so confident in their jobs. Sure, that sounds great. There is so much ass covering going on right now in the financial channels. Even Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, he was on CNBC today, and he was trying to make sense of what's going on with, um, uh, what the hell is that service that you could sign online, DocuSign. So DocuSign got hammered today. DocuSign is a company that's been trying to find its way. Now, I can tell you what their problem is. They cost too much friggin' money. How do I know? Because I used to have DocuSign, and it cost too much money, so I didn't use it anymore. Their problem is their business model is screwed. Well, Kevin O'Leary is on there saying, I am just, this is the technology, and I think this is a wonderful company, and blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, the host of the show is like, Kevin, we just had the guys on from, from DocuSign. They said their business model is in trouble, and they got to reinvent. Well, they're good at pivoting. What's happening, folks, is that these pundits are also investors, and they have been able to manipulate the markets in their favor all the time. Jim Cramer at least has everything in his charitable trust. So it's when he's making money, he's making it for his charitable trust. But when they make statements across national platforms, and guess what? The baby boomer is tuning in. CNBC, Fox Business, they're tuning in. Why? Because this is going crazy right now. I've been watching this market. It's right now at 3.16 in the afternoon on Friday. The Dow is down 667. It was down yesterday. Remember, the head fake was Friday. This is now the after head fake. So a whole bunch of people got in, got excited, thought they were buying it. They, they said, oh, I did it. Here I am on Friday and I'm, I'm on my way back up. I hit it way, way, way too soon. Don't fall for the head fakes. Don't question you being in cash. We will tell you when the signal flares that you should be talking to your advisor about getting in. And by the way, if your advisor still hasn't caught on, guys, it is time to rethink. I'm not saying get rid of your growth advisor by any means, but bring in a safe money advisor, somebody who knows how to handle the baby boomer. And if you need one, let me know. I have advisors now who are signing on every day. I spoke to a genius guy today that I, I can't wait to do business with. Another one out of out of Florida who's coming on board. They said, Brett, you got the message right. You've been right all along. And if people would have followed you, the baby boomers wouldn't be going through the stress that they're going through right now. Guys, 60% down. That's not my prediction. That's one of the best CFAs in the country. And I heard it now on the, the financial channels. Guess what I also heard? Nikkei. 
1989. Now, I've been saying that, and I, I am going to put up webinars that I will certify the dates that I did them. And it's, it's, it's out there, right? I have them done. There are references in those pot and the webinars, not the podcast, but both webinars and podcasts. I have been talking about the Japanese Nikkei now and how this U S market has been following in lockstep with what mistakes they made in Japan in 1989. And we're right there. We're following that path. And boy, was it consequential to Japan just to hit the numbers again, because not everyone has been to one of the webinars. In 1989, the Japanese Nikkei hit its all-time... By the way, it was on the 29th of December, the last day of the year in the markets for Japan. Their Nikkei, the equivalent of, equivalent of our S&P, reached 38,000 XXX points, right? That was massive run-up. They took... From that high point, it started to fall apart. It took 13 years for the Nikkei, 13 years for it to find the bottom, 13 years to find its bottom. If you read what happened, inflation broke the Nikkei, and the Bank of Japan could not figure out the solution, just like the Federal Reserve cannot figure out the solution to our inflation problem, our oil problem, our equity markets, they are just screwed. There is no good answer for the Federal Reserve. It's break it or break it. Which break it feels better? Neither one feels better. But unfortunately, everything's going to break. And that's how this has been teed up. But we've been talking about this for five years, three years on, on webinars and podcasts. Since we worked in the TV space back in 2020, we've, we've brought a lot of people along in this messaging. So everything that I'll show you will show you that we've been spot on, but it's not because we had a crystal ball. It's because we have logic. We have financial logic. And when these things happen, financial logic has to be the rule, not opinions, not history. You know, I, I said to a gentleman the other day, he talked about history. And I said, do you know that the modern stock market is about as old as how many years I've been out of high school. He goes, what do you mean? I go, the stock market until it opened up the 401k for the average person to invest was for wealthy people. It was not for the average person. And in 1982, 19, it's about when it happened. So it got started in the 70s, I think 78, maybe 79 is when the 401k actually became part of the public option, right? Part of the, the public consumption it was available in those years it took until about 1982 before it started catching on so you know i got out of high school in that time frame <laughs> so when somebody says historically or you know we've got all this evidence to look back on I'm like what are you talking about this stock market doesn't even qualify for the local museum let alone the smithsonian we don't have enough history to predict what's going on. We've never had the conditions in place that we have today. So why the heck are we looking backwards to go forward? It doesn't make any sense. Take the facts that are in front of you, start stitching them together, put good logic in front of you, and you will have a good plan or at least a good sense of the risk that you're taking. Spoke to a gentleman last night, wonderful man out on the West Coast. His advisor has him inside the markets at the moment and all equity. He's got a little bit of cash. It's, it's a completely wrong scenario. And, and I was feeling for him and I spent a lot of time with him because 
I realized that he's got one of those guys you got to fire. I don't know who the advisor is, and he probably did a wonderful job on all the years that he's that he's provided growth solutions. At the end of the day, if he looked back on his statements, he basically stayed the same way he had been for years. His investment portfolio didn't change. It's just the markets were on a tear. And and I said to him, I said, well, do you think in all that time that your your advisor wasn't doing critical thinking, you know, just kind of keeping the foot on the gas pedal, that he should have been practicing for the brick wall? <laughs> that when, when he started seeing the flashing signals, which I just said in, in the TV commercial, when the flashing signals started to shine, don't you think he should have been able to know how to start hitting the brakes and navigate the corner instead of hitting the tree? So, you know, it, it's we're in a paradigm shift that's going to be difficult for everyone. And I'm hoping that as you're listening to these podcasts, it's starting to build. It's starting to become more of a logical scenario. Like, yeah, you know what? No, nothing makes sense right now. There's no, there's no bright horizon for what we have to go through. We have $9 trillion on the Federal Reserve's books that has to be sold. It is money that the Federal Reserve printed out and, and dumped into our system, which is why our markets did so well. It has to be sold now. Somebody's got to own it, which means they have to go against, you know, who the, the Federal Reserve, I don't know if everybody's following this or not, has to sell $9 trillion worth of debt. They have to put it out there and, and have somebody buy it. Do you know who they're competing against for the buyers? The United States government. So the United States government and the Federal Reserve are trying to sell debt into a market that's now looking at the same worldwide pullback that we're looking at and we're in big, big trouble because if you don't have enough buyers for something, what do you do? Well, you got to lower the price, which creates a higher interest rate, right? So in, or in order for me to buy a treasury now, right, I'm going to say, hey, listen, United States, I, I don't want your 1%, you know, 10-year. Well, guess what? The 10-year, and I don't have that on my screen right now. I do have oil. If you want to know oil, oil at the moment is... Still over 120. By the way, guys, oil has been stepping up from 80 to 90 to 100 to 115. And now it looks like it may hold 120. It's, it's checkmate. We can't hold 120 a barrel oil. We can't have $5.50, $5.60 gasoline. Can't happen, guys. This, this whole thing falls apart. Break the consumer. Break the economy. Consumer's broken. I did webinars on this. I think they're, they're incredibly timely now to go back and watch some of them. There is one on the website, shouldhaveseenitcoming.com, from February 2nd, 2022. And uh, I think I built a really good case for what's going on today. So I encourage you, if you haven't seen that, go watch that. And I know that this podcast is starting to get a little viralness to it because I ask people that I talk to, hey, if you like what I'm talking about, can you just tell somebody? Because the listeners of this program are horrible horrible about telling other people. They don't know what subscribe means. They think it means you're going to pay something. It, it, that's not what subscribe to a podcast is. It just means you're going to get noticed that there's a new one out. So please subscribe to this podcast. Send it to a baby boomer friend. Do whatever you can do to help me spread the word so we can get more baby boomers in a position of safe strength instead of complete exposure and weakness. So I, I urge you to please do that for me. So let me tell you what's going on with the treasuries. So here we go. Wow. So these are some numbers. 
So we now have the old deadly inversion. If you look at the five-year, the five-year is actually paying more than 30. The five-year is at 3.255. Guys, these were like next to nothing not too long ago. This is accelerating and there's new scuttle going on that the Fed is not only going to do their half a point increase on, the, on their prime lending rate, but they may go to 75 basis points. Jim Cramer today on CNBC said, I wish they would do a full point. They have to address this. They have to be aggressive. So we're, we're, we're looking at uh, the 30 years at 3.199, 10 years at 3.159, the five years at 3.25, which means that this is projected to be a longer time, right? If you're going to encourage me to give you money for five years, you got to give me more if I think the markets are in for a rough ride, right? So that's why these these yields are going up, which means the bond prices are going down. This is this is an invert, right? So when the yields are going up, your prices are going down. So if you have bonds and you have them for a while as your safe money, they're not so safe. You'll probably notice that if you look at it. We need to get rid of bonds. We need to move into a different safe vertical. It's what I talk about. Now, the giveaway, and even if you're a follower of this podcast, go to shouldhaveseenitcoming.com. And when you're there, the only thing you can do, there's nothing to buy, there's, there's no creepy stuff going on. There's only one thing you can do. You can register to join a private Zoom meeting. When I say private, let me, let me qualify private. Private means less than 50 people, right? 25 people. So I'm making 25 people uh, limits to my Zoom conversation. It's a live Zoom call. We're going to talk about all the different things. I will be pulling up on that Zoom call things that I talk about on a regular basis. I'll be bringing up the, the PowerPoint slides and talking about them. I'll be showing how these safe vehicles can work and why it's so important to do them. So if you're just a regular listener, go to shouldhaveseenitcoming.com, register, make sure you click the button that says, yes, I'd like to be invited. You will get invited. Now, I can't tell you it's going to be, you know, X, what day of the week, because I'm, I'm really not that great about getting locked into a hard schedule like that. But I will be doing at least three to four a week, probably more. I won't be doing them on Saturdays or Sundays, but I may do an afternoon one and an evening one, and I actually do enjoy it. But what I won't do is I won't let that take the place of what I'm doing right now, which is helping people one-on-one rebuild their financial package so that it's got the safe money first and the growth monies and dry powder waiting for this thing to settle out. You need to be in cash, guys. So that said, we've got our... Our bonds are on the run. They're all going up. We got oil, which is ridiculous. It's going to kill me. Natural gas, thank God, back down a little bit because that's how I run most of the things at my house. I heat my hot water. I'm actually going to be purchasing one of these. Um, they're actually called a heat pump hot water heater. They're electric-based. Uh, and an electric-based heat pump hot water heater will actually act as my dehumidifier in my basement, which means as it's as it's cooling the air, taking the warm, moist air out of my basement and pumping the water out, it's actually going to be making hot water. Hugely efficient. You guys should look into it. If you're still heating your hot water with oil or gas, look at the, and I forget the name of the company. I had it, I had it on my desk here, but there's a good product. Uh, it's available at Lowe's. It's a hybrid. So it's basically a heat pump, hot water heater and my power utility company will give me a $1,000 rebate when I buy it. So I think it's about $1,700. I'll install it myself. I will be terminating 
my natural gas for heating my hot water at my house. Um, I think we all need to be looking at this as a, as a potential solution. On the wall behind Anthony, my studio, I have a 20-unit uh, townhouse complex that I will be building on, on land that we own. And they will not have oil or gas. They will be electric. We'll probably do some solar panel work on the roofs. We will have the hybrid hot water systems in them. We are going that way. Now, this is my problem with, with what the, the left mostly is trying to do is they're trying to force a green agenda on us. And, and I don't think they're very sympathetic to what's going on with oil. Matter of fact, I've even heard things with, that Biden has said where, you know, hey, it's going to be painful to go green. Well, you know what? What's painful is when you're trying to move innovation faster than innovation should go. It's too fast to peel us off oil in one four-year term of the Biden administration. They're rushing green. I'm not against green. I'm building, I'm not going to put oil or gas in those units. That's 20 living units. That'll be electric. And I'm, I'm confident that the electricity will increasingly get more efficient as more and more solar farms come online, as natural gas, which is a very clean way to make electricity. I just drove by one of the big natural gas electric plants here in New York. Um, right on Route 84 heading heading towards uh, the west. So, you know what? We just got to take bites of this green a little bit smaller. We can't save the planet and and kill our economy and kill everyone. We need oil, Joe. You know, we need oil. We need to drill, baby, drill. We need to make a deal with the oil companies. We need to do some kind of, if you want to spend $40 billion, make a deal on oil. Give them some kind of guarantee spread that if oil starts to fall down in price, that you give them some of the money they need to recoup what it's going to take to get us back to energy independence as quickly as possible. But we're in big trouble if we can't get oil to, to reverse its course. And unfortunately, it just keeps setting new levels. It keeps setting a new floor and building off of it. And I'm hoping the 120 doesn't hold, but it's holding pretty firm this week. So uh, oil still at 120. We're we're now 332 in the afternoon here in New York. Markets down 651. Nasdaq getting punished again, down 2.73 percent at 320 points down. We're now looking at the potential to create a new normal for the Nasdaq around 11,000. We start going down below that, guys. Um, remember, I told you how to use those sliders. Just go to CNBC has it. If you if you go to CNBC, which I I. Again, I, I like it because it's not a political NBC. It's, 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 pretty, it's pretty good, but it's definitely pushing people to stay in the markets, although that has changed, especially in the last couple of days. So when we look at that, I'm going to open the NASDAQ up, and I just want to give you guys a, a trip in the time machine like I've done before. So I open a NASDAQ, and I'm going to go back five years. So all I do is I open NASDAQ, I click on the five-year button, and up comes the five years, and what it does is it on the right-hand side, it has the current market, what the market's doing at the given moment. And then it's got a dotted little line that goes to the left. That's the same number as you plow through the mountain that was 2021. Now, when you emerge on the other side, it'll tell you how far, how far back in time you would actually have to go to have the same place in the markets, right? So how far back in time did you go to where you are today. Well, guys, it's not like you're going back to 2010. You know, they, everybody's so concerned about where the markets have peeled back. This is still a good time to take the profits. Your time machine that you'd go in would take you back to about maybe August, maybe September of 2020. 
Now, yes, 2020 was a bad year, but it was still better than what happened in 2019, the number that I'm telling you. So even at the end of the Trump administration, if you go back into 2019, 2020, we're way ahead of that, guys. So if you're really feeling the pain and, and the frustration and the fear, maybe it's a good time. Maybe not today. Maybe the next head fake would be a time to put a little bit more money on the side. But you need a method in order to know if you get out. Because I can tell you the worst thing that people have done that got out before is they never know when to get back in. There is a methodology for that. If you come to one of these private, again, 20 people, private, still a private party. If you come to one of my Zoom meetings, I will share with you how it's done. I will share. And by the way, I'm not a financial advisor. I don't do this for people. But you don't have to be a financial advisor to be a study of, right? I study the different things that are out there. And I don't have the pressure of, of having that, that fiduciary label stuck on my body where if I do something for one person, and it's, and it's because I believe it. I have to do it for everyone else. I just present to you interesting things to think about, talk about, maybe even argue with your advisors about. So if you're interested in what that theory, if you got out today, what would help you get back in? You should go to shouldhaveseenitcoming.com, sign up for one of our Zoom meetings. I can't promise you it'll happen within a day or two of you signing up. I'm going to try to keep that in, into some sort of uh, maybe a week to two week window when, when your meeting would be um, sent to you. And then what I'll do, just like everything else, as the numbers get bigger, I'll just make the meetings a little bit larger. No one wants to wait for weeks while I'm doing 25 at a time. But right now, our forecast says that it should be about 25 for the first few meetings. Um, as, our, as our TV commercial and as our uh, podcast commercials, right? So I've got a, a radio commercial, but it's not going on regular terrestrial radio. It's also going to be served out in a streaming way. So hopefully you'll be hearing about me and, and hearing this on, on other avenues and it'll just kind of more solidify the fact that, you know, we got to, we're, we're on it right now. I mean, we are really, um, we're, we're happy to have protected many, and we're thrilled that others are now listening. So I'm, I'm glad you're listening to this podcast accordingly. So, guys, we're all over the place. The markets are all over the place. There are still advisors telling people, don't worry. It's going to be okay. It's going to come back. That's okay for a 30-year-old. That's okay for a 40-year-old. Baby boomers did not have to lose in this market. We should have kept everything that we were blessed to receive through all the reckless funding of the government, all that money that you had, you should have kept it. It's what we need to do. We have immoral enrichment going on. We need to hold it. We need to protect it. And we need to give it to someone that's going to do good with it. Charity, children, neighbors, children. I don't care who, just don't give it back to the markets. And if you want to give it back to Uncle Sam, that's up to you. If you want to write a check to the government for a million bucks and say, hey, you put this towards a national debt, um, being obviously facetious, I don't know that anybody would actually do that. So, guys, I'm going I'm to cut it here today. It's been a, a busy, busy, hectic week for me, a lot of traveling. Nothing is good. Everything is bad, but there's still time. You're only going back to, let's call it August 2020, if you decided to step out, but don't do it until you go through one of these Zoom meetings and don't be afraid. And by the way, if you want to fire your advisor, 
I got a letter on the site that lets you do it in a very polite, very nice way. You don't have to call. You don't have to break that, you know, that, that feeling like, oh, I can't hurt that person who's helped me. Just send them a letter. It's time to fire the advisor. It's time to build a good, solid retirement with what's going on today. Thanks for checking us out today. I'm Brett Sasso, the Deserve Podcast. Tune in each week. I got a new one out every Friday. Well, maybe not next Friday because of Anthony, but uh, maybe I'll stick Danielle out the board and, and, and try to get her to do it. So everybody have a great weekend. Happy Father's Day uh, for those of you that are fortunate enough to be blessed to be a father. Uh, I am, and I'm thrilled, and I hope you guys all have a great weekend. See you next week.